0: Hello, hello hello everybody welcome to designer down my name is paulo i'm a designer in web3 and i'm here with ceo ceo.eth um and he's also designing web3 and we're going to talk about what he's been doing recently hey ceo how are you doing
1: hey paulo um pretty good thanks for inviting me um yeah i'm glad to be here and speaking about designing web3 nice
0: nice 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 okay we've been um, we've been talking about design web3 for a while, me and you. Um, and um, you've also been working at Aragon for a while. So, Aragon, the, um, I guess, well known um, platform uh, in crypto and web3 to create DAOs and manage DAOs and work with DAOs. And um, you've been working at Aragon for a while. And Aragon just recently. Um, launched a new way to create DAOs, uh, and uh, at least different than what it allowed to do before. And uh, you've been involved in the process of designing that whole experience for users. And um, one thing that I found pretty cool, which is even weird to say this in the Web3 world, but is that it works on the phone. which is not normal for someone that doesn't is not aware of how Web3 applications or decentralized applications work. It's actually not that common for something to work on the phone. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, um walk us through what was the process to do that and um how was it to design a thing a thing like that.
1: Yeah, I mean like um it started all I would say like in two thousand and 20? Yeah, yeah, I joined 2021. 20, yeah, yeah, right. So it it was like 2020, end of 2020. Sam, the prior CTO of, of Aragon was writing me and like like, hey, can you join Aragon? Our applications kind of are not that much used and bigger bigger customers or, or users of of the of the client, it was called client or it's called client back then. Um, uh, was like kind of falling apart. Um, and, and because of anyway, I was like more more closely into Web3 or overall blockchain crypto world, I joined Aragon, Um, and the, and at the beginning, it was like only discovery. So, so, so I would say like two months, three months around. I can't even remember because it feels already like ages I'm working at, at Argon. <laughs> I know everybody knows this feeling in that pre, I would say. So, um, yeah. And, and, and in the discovery phase, I mean, there were, there were like the research, I built up a research department essentially for users. Um, I try to, introduce like human centric design and uh, which includes essentially also this discovery task to, to talk to existing users to potential new users. Um, and, and then also of course like the market research and, and the existing stack. Yeah. And, and what was definitely clear, um Aragon does have a fractionalized um environment or or, or or experience. They had like for each kind of use case and governance approach and a single app like govern, client, voice, court, um and everything was like in terms of mental model, like so different in, in touching it, in, in, in interacting with it, etc. Um, and then also of course the market itself. Um, I mean, like a lot of people or bad Thomas would, would say like Oregon was essentially dead at this time, uh, because like <laughs> all the other, other, uh, bigger names, like snapshot not safe and so on took over a lot of like governance. I would say like governance at all, but not this on chain governance itself. right? So yeah, um, and then based on that, um, it was then in September 2021, we decided um, to do a design sprint. Um, So we went to Lisbon, um, had a week, really tough design sprint um, and, and just tackled essentially the onboarding flow of such a potential new product. Um, and also, of course, like with real user testing at the end, as you, as you do in a design sprint, right? Um, and based on this outcome and also that you have seen, like, um, I would say like decision maker at Oregon, it was definitely clear or was, was essentially the fa- uh, funding or the fundamental decision that we have to build a new product. And this was also kind of the already prior of the design sprint, uh, the recommendation from my side, like, uh, like simplified experience, bring one tool which can then leverage multiple governance approaches um and make it user-friendly i mean like even now with the Aragon DAO, which we transformed as well at the beginning of 2022 uh, uh 2023 sorry so this year um we use we are using client at the moment because of security reasons right because um client and their contracts they are battle proof since 2017 like finance and, and so on like really high tdl are um, on our contracts, um, and and that's what, that was essentially also the decision why we started the DAO on the old contracts, and therefore also the old, on the old product. But it's it's really a hassle to mm-hmm. to 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 work with it. I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to uh tackle the designers before or the product builders uh, in prior days um it, it's just not anymore more like conform to interact with such a technology at the certain point where we are at right now
0: yeah yeah um it's funny that you, you you told a bit of the story and i remember as a user and participant in web3 i remember parts of it and um and uh, I remember I used to say that uh, Aragon was kind of dead at some point as well, <laughs> because there were other platforms that would require that would allow for, for example, delegation and so and stuff like that, um, uh, things in governance that were more um, up to date, let's say. Um, and, but but I do remember that in two thousand and. Uh, 1718, Aragon was the thing, was the place where it would, you'd create a DAO, and and I remember creating a DAO at that time and paying like 400 <laughs> bucks in gas to create the DAO and stuff like that. Um, and so that's it's it's a it's a, it's interesting to go back and see the history and see how things evolve, right? And I do imagine that in September 2021, like you were saying, that there was this design sprint. It was kind of a um, game-changing moment for the company, for the organization, for Aragon, because it's not easy for a team, a product team to realize, oh, shit, our product is not serving us anymore. We need to redo it, mm-hmm. basically, right? And so I've, I've been in organizations where that had to happen as well, with like 20 years of history, and then we're realizing, oh, we have to do it again. <laughs> and uh, in a, in the, at the time, it took me a lot of effort to convince people of that. And so I
1: imagine that uh, it was kind of the same in Aragon. And I you, mean, it's you, still the same. The, the, that's, that's also the point maybe to jump in here shortly. I mean, like the, the intention to, uh, back then to hire me was essentially, they are kind of already realized we have problems with the product, but not what kind of problems, right? right. In terms of user, especially. Um, but also now, I mean, like um, to, to mention here, it's still in the phase where the company has to learn that human-centered design is not just on the design level, it's Mm -hmm. also how you approach problems or insights or whatsoever, right? I mean, it's not just it's uh, not just hiring a designer and having to do his work. it's actually true that. Changed yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole the whole approach. To it. Yeah, exactly. And I think also this is like a big symptom from the industry itself, which which is really interesting. Mm. I mean like I compare it a lot of um also with with the internet back then, right? You had those frameworks, how application got built. You build it like this, and that's it, right? And the user has to adapt and learn, even if it's like two months of schooling and learning and always bring back the the, the manual to remember like the certain functionality, let's say. Um, And essentially the same symptoms we have at Web3, in my opinion, or when I look into products also overall in the Web3, um, which which is also fair uh, to be uh, to to say here because I believe at the beginning you try to iterate really fast or or better bring out really fast the products which might be super fr- uh, friction uh, has has a lot of frictions uh, is not really useful is maybe done with a, with a framework which is not not optimized for example for the web free experience and then you grow from there right um, uh, um, but I believe now is the time especially for bigger organizations styles builders companies whatever that they have to realize that now we have to adapt also more more in, in direction of human-centric design because we can clearly see in the market as well. If there are products more accessible, understandable, especially in a trustless environment, right? Um, you have a better adoption and also more people at your products. than if you would compare this to a same product, which doesn't really look for the user or make those stuff really human understandable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um... it's i like i like how you framed it because as designers in this space we we absolutely know and embody that right we know that uh, it should be user driven we know that uh, we should make it understandable for people um, especially when they're dealing with their own money right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and um and there's risk for them to lose their own money and so This constant struggle to try to explain that to other stakeholders and to change the way um, applications that are are created and built and and launched and marketed and all that in a way that um, it is user-centric is the common struggle of designers. And I I, I want to ask you... um, are you the only designer at Aragon right now working on this, or there's more people?
1: No. Um, so unfortunately, Adri has left. He was essentially the OG at Aragon. So right, I remember that he,
0: he did the branding and all that exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like
1: he did not only the branding; he did also the prior designs for the applications and so on. So Audrey was essentially from beginning on since. 2018 or even 2017 at Oregon, helped to build the brand, helped to build the first applications, um, also iterated on them. Um, His focus is more branding and video content and so on, but uh, he was a really uh, great designer. I miss him already at the company. Uh, He moved on essentially on Nation Free, um, another project from from the founder of of, uh, Oregon originally. Um, and then uh, Marco, um, he is his, uh, my buddy. Um, he joins uh, my team, my little two head designer team <laughs> <laughs> now uh, uh, from Vogdoni. Vogdoni is another kind of guild of, of, of Argonne um, as a designer. And um, yeah, uh, he's working a lot on, on the new open design system which we are building kind of, um, which supports the whole application and experience. Um, yeah, so so actually a two-head design team at the okay.
0: But it's it's too good designer, so you're not you're not
1: that bad. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, was asking, I was
0: asking this because um, there's a lot of, at least me and, uh, and, and and Dee, the other hosts of this podcast, we talk a lot about being the sole designer in the Web3 team mm. and how it feels sometimes too isolating to be the only designer and yeah. try to advocate for this approach of doing things in a more user centric way. So, uh, and I, and I guess you feel the same as well, and, um, Absolutely. and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that we went through this in the web too, as well. Right. Because, uh, <laughs> companies started with just one designer and then they had to get us, get the space to get more people and not just one human being can do all the things in design. Right. At least mm-hmm. not so well. and um, and then starting to grow a team of design inside the company is always the 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 next step for the for the sole designer that started as a sole designer. Right? Yeah.
1: Then, yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, but uh, what I'm looking at the moment and what we are doing at Aragon is essentially also hiring more frontend related developers. Mm-hmm. um Good. so so we're gonna find uh, we we might have found now two new developers uh, which gets hired in I would say like in the next two three days hopefully. Um because what I also learned um with like such design system approaches, it's also really I mean I like also back from the days in working in agencies and doing bigger projects there, um it's really important to have a good body on the other side essentially. So right. like in the dev side, right? Um, So at the moment, the focus is more there um, that we are able to really leverage both sides, component libraries, so on the Figma side and on the code side, that we are going to build one of the most lean um, um, design systems uh, so we can really leverage based on that in the future. Um, So the focus is at the moment there, but um, of course, as you said, uh, by yourself before. Um, um, there, there is definitely also in the future, then the need, I would say like to grow a little bit design team as well, especially when, when from, from, uh, for me, for example, I work more and more also in strategic organizational discussion, integrations and so on. So my plate is already full. I would say like I design mostly one to two, two days. The rest is more like conceptual work research, and so
0: um, So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a need as well. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all feel that, uh, that uh, strong. Um, so let's talk about uh, the, uh, the app, right? So mm-hmm. nowadays when people, uh, people can go on their phone, there you there goes, <laughs> the, the, new, the, the new novelty in Web3, uh, to app.aragon.org. And um, even on their phone, they, carry, they can connect the world and create a DAO uh, on the Aragon stack. And they can do it on main chain in Ethereum and also on Polygon now, which is yes. cheaper. And um I encourage people to go there and experiment it and, and create it out for, for 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 it to try it out. It's like not that expensive. I, I created one in Ethereum uh, a few weeks ago and you was like 70, 80 bucks or something
1: like that. Yeah, this could be. I mean, like in average, we see it around 90 bucks, of course, like with the shitcoin trading in the past days. Sorry <laughs> exactly for the word again. Uh, yeah. I yeah. would say like maybe it, it would be 120. But if you compare this to clients also, also, this is really important that, that a lot of people don't understand how optimizing your contracts are. Right. Um, like client was about 4K. Right. so 4000 us dollars to launch a dao to create the proposal was about 200 to 400 sometimes wow yeah and then uh, voting was about sometimes 40 bucks right um if you compare this now to client main, uh, to app mainnet uh, we are uh, uh, let's say 100 bucks for creating a dao a proposal is about 4 to 5 bucks and then voting is 1 2 bucks and then on polygon i mean like this like insane right uh, launching a DAO is sense. about 45 cents uh, yeah. creating a proposal 5 cents and voting less than a cent right, right. um
0: and, and so and it's me,
1: already cost effective
0: yeah, yeah. And let me let me let me just uh, uh, remind everyone that we're talking about fully on chain uh, stuff, right? It's not, Correct. there's no off chain anything, there's no off chain voting, there's no off chain DAO, nothing. So, this is a fully on chain DAO where people can make proposals, vote on proposals, govern their own uh, treasuries, everything on chain. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, and, uh, um, yeah, again, uh, in, in in the old days of the old Aragon contracts, it was much more expensive. I remember in 2018 paying like 400 to set up a DAO, right? But mm-hmm. um, um, which is now 4,000.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: it's, it's, it's impressive to 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 realize. Wow, these things. Um, yeah, ETH has gone up in value, and so everything goes up with it as well. And yes. when the gas prices are high because people are trading NFTs or whatever they are doing, uh, it influences everything. But but yeah. Um, so nowadays, people can go to app.aragon.org, create their own uh, DAO, uh, and start managing their own organization in the Aragon stack. And um, one thing that I that I wanted to highlight and, and ask you about it, and um, you guys recently did a, a Twitter space with, with ENS to talk about it as well, is that one of the things that you uh, get if you create a DAO on this new stack of Aragon is that you get a uh, subdomain of the dao ens name right so you can have um an ens um, name for your dao that is name of the dao dot eth uh, and you can use that as your uh, basically address for your dao right so if people want mm-hmm. to send money to your DAO, you just use that um and, and um and do that and uh, on designer dao we Took advantage of this because our name is designer dao so we could do the funny thing of doing designer.dao.eth and so now mm-hmm. we created the dao on mainnet in the aragon stack which is designer.dao.eth and people can go there and check it out and join it and um, send money for, for, to it if they want as well <laughs> um, but the, um, i found really cool and a, a really uh, interesting change in strategy for aragon to Adopt so natively the ENS uh, standard, let's say, and to uh, offer an ENS of domain from this very premium ENS name that Aragon has hold for a yeah. while, right, which yeah. is DAO.eth. And, and um, yeah, um, yeah. just tell us a little bit about how it was to, uh, to do that integration and how of course. crucial that was.
1: I mean, like uh, uh, the fun thing is, like um, the, also in the client. So the pr- I would say the prior comparing product, um, you already got an ENS as well. It was just argonid.eth, IT. E right?
0: Yeah, yeah I, I remember That's, that. But it's not. It's so, not I even ignored you know, it because it's not the same style. Right? It's not. It's not the style. A days, right? Yeah.
1: B. Um, it was not really leveraged in the whole thing. And and the the, the cool thing about the new. The new app with in combination the ENS, it's also a trust um, verification. And also to mention that it is really important because ENS is only on mainnet, so Ethereum mainnet, you will only get an ENS on Ethereum mainnet. So if you launch the DAO on Ethereum mainnet, you're going to get this name.dow.dev or out for example that's really important because we were thinking to essentially because the contracts are open source right uh, deploy our own resolver uh, on polygon and then on other chains when we launch on other chains but yeah. um, before we launch we essentially decided to remove it um, i'm a little bit sad <laughs> but that's the technical boundaries we have in such a space right uh, that we might later on leverage other name naming services uh, mm-hmm. on the other chains, right? right? So back to the ENS itself. Um, so beside of making it more human readable, because you will never like oh, oh, 0 x dot uh, zero x whatever uh, remember, right? Maybe the first four and the last four uh, letters or, or numbers.
0: Um but way, let, let me just stop it right there. I already went through the effort of generating a wallet for a DAO that would mm-hmm. start with the name of the DAO on the on the on the wallet's address. Like zero xda A zero, exactly. Like uh, so I generated wallets that started with da D A zero. So it starts with DAO, so that I can recognize it on MetaMask and whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is the wallet for the DAO that I'm talking about. So that's, okay, crazy. It, you you It's funny that you that you said that example because it's like, yeah, this is really a recognized, like a recognition problem, right? You mm-hmm. have these strings of numbers and letters uh, of hexadecimal numbers and letters to represent the wallet, and you don't you know you don't uh, distinguish them from other addresses, right?
1: But and have uh, you done it with, on the, on a web app or so with the internet connection?
0: No. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> you, cool. You, you download. You download the, Um. You download the, um, a little Python app. You turn it, You turn your computer offline. You go to terminal. You execute the command, and it gives you the private keys. Okay. Of cool. Otherwise, cool. The right, the ones <laughs> would be a little bit maybe exactly. a little bit shady. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. But the uh, but it's interesting because, um well i i i i'm um i'm i'm doing another dao called d nights dao and the wallet that holds the resources for uh, the dao starts with d e d e and then lead speak for d nights and so i can recognize this from there right and okay. and, and for designer d- designing designers it also starts with the d a o because uh, it, you can recognize from there but it's mm. interesting that it it looks like a small thing and it looks so ridiculous that we're discussing these things which is like Oh, the name that represents you in this network is human-readable instead of a string of random numbers, right? We're still <laughs> debating with this kind of things, right? And people go through these efforts to like make it human-readable somehow and hack it, like I was saying. But ENS solves that, and and and, uh, and it's a uh, it's a uh, it's much a much better solution. Yeah. In Absolutely. United, yeah.
1: If if you go, I mean, again, if we compare this back then, right? A DNS resolver was not really a thing when the internet came up, so so you went on IP addresses to uh, visit websites. That's exactly what it is. Uh, uh, And and now it's like uh, this, but to 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 say in here. um ENS is not only this, it's also like an identity, right? Mm-hmm. And then with the concept in the in the app, uh I mean like when I started to research, and then do we want to use again Orgon ID? And I'm like, ah come on, this is like so so branded. Can we can't we do something else? And then like I found out we hold down the deep and I'm like, oh shit, okay, let's go. Um and then my, and with that said, um when you launch it DAO, you put in this meta information like the name, again the subdomain for the ENS, the some description, description, the yeah. logo, uh, links, etc. Right? Of course, at the beginning, it's a centralized decision what to put in there, right? But because those information are trustless and executed on chain you can trust essentially all those metadata because it's then from then on, it's fully governed by the DAO and therefore the members in the DAO itself. So when you claim, for example, designer.dao.dev, you just need to say trust only everything or metadata, which is coming from designer.dao.dev. So it's not it's not only uh, an identity thing or the more human readable and accessible thing to to send funds etc it's mm-hmm. also a verification layer to communicate properly what resources you can trust beside of that because we do it directly in the contract level itself so with the Oregon OS six protocols you can say each down which is launched on aragon osx in mainnet have to have such an ens if it doesn't hold such an ens it's not the original contracts so it's also a verification that they mm-hmm. are really created with the true contracts because somebody else could fork the contract but because they don't hold or are not the holder of the ENS, they will never be able to publish a DAO with this subdomain ENS because it would revert, right, in in the contract execution. And that's a really important fact. And that's also why uh, I would say uh, ENS was so excited about because it was never really done before to prove, to prove the problem like that, yeah, yes, is, yeah. right, and, yeah. and that makes so much. Impo- I mean, like, I did a tweet, uh, you can read it up on, on my timeline about this because it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit ironic. Because the, the most important fact in a trustless environment is trust, and with such a layer, we can enable a decentralized trust. In a trustless environment, right? So, so, um, yeah. Uh, and I believe like we can, uh, f- in the future, we're going to leverage way more. Uh, the funny thing a little bit is, and I was not aware of that we don't even resolve at the moment, uh, ENS in our input, input wallets or, or when you fill out <laughs> at the like somebody was writing, but here it doesn't work. And like, oh, oops, okay. We have not yet implemented that. So this hotfix is on the way. Um, And then also some some ideas um, with ENS is also, uh, or basically like it's already implemented like this, like because the whole app is like modular, right? You can install in the future plugins and extend your DAO as you grow. Um, Also um, plugins gonna get an ENS. This is then just DAO minus plugin.eth. Okay. And then some ideas are also, but this is not yet settled and, and uh, not at the moment, the biggest focus, we are also thinking that we're gonna launch them because we hold also DAO minus user.eth, essentially the same approaches for then users and plugins in the environment, um, yeah.
0: Actually, actually for the users, it could be, uh, no, because it could be, for example, in my case, it could be paolo.designer.dao.eth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The chaining chaining was was essentially not accessible. Uh, I'm even not aware if they already released it on mainnet itself. Um, But uh, when we started with the conception of this whole thing, that's why we bought also the other ENSs um, uh, is because the S- Multiple subdomains were not yeah. doable, yeah. right? Um, but, but,
0: but some people, some people already do that. Like they work for a company, and the company has an .ens domain, right? And they use it as their own address name of the person .dot company name .dot eth almost as mm. if people in the old days used to yeah, do but the email level address. Right? That's one subdomain, well, right? Well, yeah, just one. Yeah, but okay, people already okay. are doing that. As in my identity online because i belong to this company or i co-founded this company or whatever is my name dot company dot in the same way people used to do with their email addresses right my email mm. address is my name
1: dot at, uh, it could be then just a little bit tricky because what are you doing when you have or when you're a member of 5 DAOs? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Right. to choose a... your
0: favorite one. And...
1: Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, But I mean, like the, those are not the biggest focus at the moment. It's just like, I, I mean, the, the most important one was this um, verification yeah, for sure. layer for the DAO itself. Um but let's see what's what interesting in the future. That you,
0: It's interesting that you're thinking about doing the same thing for plugin, for plugins and also for for users uh, let's talk a little bit about the the whole system and um so as you mentioned uh in the Aragon stack in the new uh in the new app um there will be plugins available that people can use to do things with right and yes. um as a user myself and uh, I'm expecting uh a bunch of interoperability with other um with other apps and with other platforms and so on and um from the design point of view i think that it, it would make sense to have um a similar uh, visual language for plugins and so on so that's 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 begging for a good design system to exist right <laughs> uh, and i and i know you feel the same uh, each right so uh, is that the goal, and are guys working towards that?
1: Yeah, so let's say at the beginning it was also there, a little bit a hustle to to drive the, the Oregon people to this direction. Um, but with some research and also talks I joined, um, it was more and more clear that we need to go in a super safe way. Why? The biggest hacks on DAOs happened in the front end. Mm-hmm. Imagine you get hacked like a batcher it was called 120 million because malicious code in the front end. So the malicious code injected the transaction, modified the transaction, the user submitted or, or the executor of this transaction submitted the transaction and it was gone, right? right yeah. So this is like the most important fact, I would say, why is it needed to have... Um, also, an audited front end. Right. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, um, I don't want to spoil all the projects or whatever. But what I see in the in the in the, in the environment, this this iframe behavior or this you know like <laughs> mental model in mental model in mental model in mental model. Let's say like I tested once away. But I, don't, as I said, like, I don't want to name products, but yeah, you, you, I could,
0: you're talking about safe. Yeah. You can, you can do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. So, 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 so you connect with your wallet, then you, you connect with the safe to another dapp and then Inside all this, an A, frame, yeah. and so on and so on. And, and yeah. this is like, makes really hard to understand. And, and I believe and this is really my, my belief, right? My personal belief, this will not drive mass adoption because it's already hard to follow along an on chain execution when it's not really accessible and understandable what you're doing. And then imaging you have, for example, three different ways to put in a wallet address. How it gets resolved, how you paste it in, how do you confirm it, and so on and so on, right? So let,
0: let me let me just uh, give an example for people listening. So, and I've experienced this myself. So, if you're on a multi sig on a safe multi sig, which by the way is a is a great product in itself. Uh, yeah. but they, uh, for example, let's imagine that you want to do a transaction where you do a batch transaction. So you want to pay five people in the same transaction, right? You want to pay the first people a thousand bucks and the, the others 500 and so on, right? And there's some apps on the safe ecosystem that you can do to configure these transactions, right? I've always felt terrified as a user <laughs> to use those apps because basically you, are, you can download the CSV, you can open the CSV with that specific format. You can put the addresses and the amounts in that format. You can upload the CSV and hope everything is fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, when you're doing that in a multisig that manages a lot of money, you feel you feel a bit scared, right? And mm. it's it's one of the most scary experiences that I've had in Web3 because, first of all, I am one of the signers of the multisig. And if I do the transaction in the wrong way and other people sign it and it gets executed and the money gets lost or something, that's on me, right? Mm. And, um, um, and it's a social problem as well because it's a group of people that are trying to manage this money, right? Yes. And, uh, and the way to do it in the UI of these uh, plugins and other apps is not at all seamless. And it's almost like I, I remember being physically shaken while, while I was doing that because it's like, if this goes wrong, it's it's very bad. And yeah. we even went to the extent of like talking with the people at Gnosis Safe at the time of like, is this okay? Can we do this? Like as newbies, right? Uh, trying to realize, oh, can we, can we actually do this like this? Is the, is the data correct? And so on. And so it's a very scary experience right now. Um, to try to do that because the experience is not seamless. It's another app inside of an app because it's done with a convoluted way and because you don't have really a preview of what's going to happen that's readable, human readable enough. A bunch of of UX problems that we could easily uh, uh, define. Um, But uh, I just wanted to point out that that specific example, because the apps are disjointed and it's an iframe inside an iframe, it really looks hacky. And it mm-hmm. really scares me as a user to try to use
1: it. Yeah. And imagine doing this on mobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. <laughs> nobody would. <laughs> yeah. So. So with that said, I mean the ODS is not out yet. Um, who, And also the current design is just, I mean, just the proof of concept design, which was done during the development of the first release on on mainnet, right? Um, So we are working at the moment really hard on the ODS part because our intention is here that when then we are gonna open up this plugin environment to the whole ecosystem, essentially on the protocol level, you can do it already if you want to, and also fork our front end and build your own client and so on, you're already able to do this. But as I said, um, we're going to open up this environment. Um, first, we need to figure out the whole permission management, how we make this human readable and accessible, and then the plugin environment, how do we make this also trustless? and decentralized because we don't want to be a centralized authority, which then says like, Okay, cool. Front ends and integrates it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, so we want, uh, we kind of are a little bit inspired by Sourcify approach where you have to upload the code and then it gets checked if they are using the components in the correct way. And also in terms of ODS, then uh, those are the first faults, I would say so um but we have to fight first those problems but nevertheless back to the ODS itself then the 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 the, the idea there is like essentially this is driving essentially each plugin development in the future so they have to use the ODS kind of um, and then um, we can then also really um, tell the user, hey, this front-end is secure because A it's audited and B it's seamless because it's based on the same styling right. and so on. Right.
0: Just to clarify, when you say ODS, you mean the
1: open design system that you guys are developing? Yeah, right. right. Oregon okay. open design system. It's called like this. Yeah. Um. And. And of course, we will never be able to enforce this, right? Um, but some, some ideas there is like, essentially, if you want to be a verified plugin, you have to fully find such rules and then you get to the way you will get essentially, for example, at our minus plugin.if subdomain, which essentially is then the verifier in the ecosystem that you are able, uh, you are a secure plugin and use the the rules or following the rules of the Oregon app experience or overall experience. Yeah, and it can
0: also be easier to find when people uh, uh, go and search for plugins, those ones show first and stuff like that, yeah. To promote that they are using the the open design system components. Correct.
1: Um, And and then also there are some, uh, I mean, those are really future ideas, but really important, I would say, like for uh, designers. Um, At the moment, we're working with Tailwind and have already like design tokens, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. those design tokens. But the essential thing there at the moment, I do a lot of research in terms of headless branding. And with headless branding, I mean, essentially, that we leverage, I don't know if somebody heard about it, this token studio. It's called Figma Tokens before. Now it's called Token Studio. They want also to create an open standard for design tokens, essentially. And this means, essentially, in the end, that you can tokenize every aspect of a visual component. So let's say when we take the button, we would then use for anything like the border, the paddings, the typography, everything like design tokens, build it once. We have then the base design token file, which gets then read, and therefore the visual button uh, built in the front-end. Right. But with that said, because then it's tokenized, also plug-in developer m- might be able to um, modify those design tokens because it's needed for their approach. So this means essentially even if the button stays the same in terms of mental model and functionality, the visual application can be changed in the future. Right.
0: So we don't need to be audited again because the structure of the components are the same. That's, that's, the advantage. that's the advantage. Correct.
1: And also the advantage is like, Let's imagine you are, as I said before, like a member of five DAOs. You have then maybe you are a member of the Oregon DAO, so you have the base design as we provide right now. You switch to the Uniswap or or Arbitrum DAO, which then essentially have another branding because they can influence the design tokens. And then maybe the Gnosis or whatsoever project or designer DAO, right, which also have other visual. But uh, the mental model and the interaction of the of yeah. the button and so on works the same. Yeah. So just even a, the, visual the, the change.
0: Theming, yeah, it's just the yeah. theming aspect of it that can be changed, but yeah. not the not the not the flows, not the structure, not the layout. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. Undo, i I, I, <laughs> I am I am thinking about ways that of uh acting it just with design tokens
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it is
0: possible to change colors in the way
1: that it makes it unreadable so people would miss i'm just uh, i'm just supposed to think. but yeah uh, but- i mean like this needs to definitely be an audit as well at the moment my conception there are two ways a um they can download by themselves the figma design right and then info uh, or figma library and then influence essentially the app itself in the Figma layer and then export the new design tokens. Yeah. Or if they don't have any designers, they can essentially upload their brand assets. We get a request in the Oregon uh, Design Guild um, and, and then they, we, they, we, we team, build the theming is, for yeah. them, right? And because they upload it with the ENS, also advantage, we can assure and say so like only the right this person. ENS or this contract address is able to use this theming, right? So it's also trustless yeah. in terms of branding them. So it has many advantages overall, like plugin environment and then and, and regarding plugin environment and also this customization in the future for DAOs and creators and so on or members. We believe that the Argon app itself will drive more adoption than before the client because when we compare this also to the client, a lot of DAOs went off the client A because it was not developed further. And secondly, it was not customizable.
0: Yeah. I remember feeling that. I remember that it, it felt too Aragony mm-hmm. and not my MyDAO, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, the only thing that would be about my MyDAO would be the logo and that's it. But it was still uh, surrounded by the arrogant blue collar, and the, <laughs> so it was still inside arrogant too much. Yeah, that's true. It's it's interesting because now it it, uh, it basically positions your work in developing this design system in a way that um, it should be neutral enough. So that customizations on top of it really shine the branding of whatever does uh, you want to onboard. Yeah.
1: And that's why we, I decided also in terms of developing the, the front end and the design and design tokens in a monochromatic way. Exactly. So yeah. all neutral colors and so on are really neutral, not yeah. related to bluey or red or what space yeah. uh, color space error. It's really neutral. And also the the, the, the um the state c- colors, so I assume in the future, a lot of DAOs will only kind of change the primary color palette, um, maybe a little bit the spacing tokens and the typography tokens, and that's it, right? Border um, radius, basically. <laughs> border radius as <laughs> maybe. well, <right>? yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but if
0: you if you change those things, you already have the full... Bra- but okay, the typography, of course, right? But. Just those small things. As designers, mm-hmm. we know that we can do very different brandings just with those small tokens. So that's enough. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is it is exciting to 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 realize. I, I'm not sure if um, maybe this conversation is getting too geeky for <laughs> for, for the audience. I hope not. Uh, maybe it is, um, but uh, we um, we're getting uh, excited in the geekiness of this. I guess. Um, so. There's this new Aragon app, just to recap, uh, which allows people to create DAOs on-chain. And in the future, it will allow the plugin developers to develop plugins that look similar to the rest of the interface of the DAO, where people don't feel this uh, this disconnection between I'm using a DAO and now I'm using an iframe inside the DAO, and it feels (laughs) weird. And, um, And it will also allow for DAO people that create the DAOs to customize the interface with their own branding for their DAO, so that Themselves and their users feel that they are in the in their DAOs uh, environment as well, right? Um, what else do you see? And now, changing a little bit of subject, what else do you see in the space for designers uh, going going forward? I mean, um, compare it, comparing it to the uh, web two days, let's say. Yeah, we're still kind of uh, in the beginning of, of, of this. I, I I feel, and um, I remember that in that in the web today's, the big companies, and I am talking like Facebook, Google, and so on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, at a particular point, started to realize, oh no, wait, we actually our battleground is for for users is actually on. Uh, offering a better experience than our competitors and so let's invest in the design department let's uh, hire a bunch of designers and so on and there are stories about that that maybe the most notable is from uh, IBM that uh, all of a sudden decided to hire a thousand designers which is now at like two thousand maybe Um, but uh, we do know that uh, the the big web two companies have huge design departments and that uh, at, at the at a certain point, they even weaponize them to um, to keep their users there, right? Mm. Um, yeah, what do you feel uh, is going to be the future for design in Web3? And um, what are you sensing around, uh, are companies investing more in design, are companies investing less in design? And by design, I mean from user research to almost front-end, right? Um, and... Um, yeah, what you're sensing around all of that.
1: I mean, at the moment it's really hard to say. I was I was, I would say like the past 6 months I was in a big bubble at Argon. I was not really looking anymore left or right uh to to be honest. Um I mean like I also joined the v free uh, collective um last year uh which is essentially um an, an a decentralized agency. Um and this is what I see also a little bit more and more in the space that um or also Indy is offering such stuff um or design work I would say um because they can't really act fast. I'm not sure if I'm I, I find this cool kind of because it feels already agency style and so on. It felt great in V3 at the moment, I don't contribute that much at the moment because I'm working 100% back in, in Oregon and also working as a delegate in Oregon DAO. Um, but nevertheless, I see more direction in the, uh, going there. So like gathering in um, designers in any kind of facet um, in, in, in a DAO, which can then overtake essentially this works. And what happened, uh, for example, at We Free, um, they, I mean, like they did a lot, uh, a lot of Stephy products and so on. They worked essentially at the beginning close with the company because they haven't had any designs back then. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it got launched and maybe uh, a little bit bug fixed and iterated on, at the certain level of maturity, um, they essentially helped to hire a designer for this particular product in the company itself or some designers moved them out of V3 and worked for the company yeah, or early. the project yeah. itself, right? Yeah. Um, this is like an approach I see a lot, um, but n- not going to lie, I'm still missing. Uh, when I also talked to people which were at Argonne and they moved to other projects and so on, um, that the focus on design is still lacking at all right. and, and but this is also a fair to be uh, to be fair here um, it's not only the fault of the company because what i also see is a big gap of designers which really understand web free or therefore also the base technology so you are able to kind of work at, at At the protocol level, with designers uh, with developers too, because this is really important. I mean, like uh, as we, as as maybe people don't know from this podcast. As soon as a contract is deployed, essentially it's not anymore more changeable. We, for example, at Oregon, we made it changeable because we did proxy contract. You can upgrade them if the DAO allows it through the permission, and they want to upgrade. They don't have to, but if they want. Um, it's not the main target to upgrade the core contracts that, that often. But, um, with that said, it's really important to be able to understand. And this is also what I tell every designer, which joins Web3 or says, does says like, "Oh, I don't understand it too much. Just use the stuff. I mean, like I would say like, i have burned already thousands of bucks. Only to try out stuff. Life. I mean, yeah. it it sounds insane, but I learned the much, uh, that much, or, or mostly with such an approach, how such contracts, products, and so on are working. Hands on, really, hands on. You can, there, there are no no articles or whatever. Can you explain the true experience if you don't do it by yourself?
0: In yeah. my opinion. Yeah, there's no, there's no YouTube video that you can re, uh, watch and, and realize or, and feel. I mean, the there are,
1: are already some great resources. I mean, like Bankless DAO have great resources, the Daily Quay uh, from Sussel, which uh, which helps to understand a little bit more the details and also the environment or ecosystem of Ethereum, for example. Um, but yeah, but, but it, doesn't, it,
0: doesn't, it doesn't substitute the you as a designer... Risking your own money, interacting with these applications, and actually feeling yourself in the shoes of the user that is also risking their own money interacting with these these applications, and embodying that experience, right? Because that's that's the real difference, right? We can Mm. we can observe users doing it, but it's their own money and they're risking their (laughs) money, or we can be the users and feel how it feels to be risking our own money. And uh, people have different thresholds of what feels risky for them in terms of amount of money that that they can risk, obviously. But that's an invaluable experience to be able to do that. And I, I agree with you. I think that the best way for designers to dip their toes in here, in the space is to get, get some money aside Play around in the space and use uh, as many dapps as you can. Uh, buy any, any do the do, little do, do things, right? Mm. And, um, and experiment. I mean, you don't have to
1: be on Ethereum. You can also go to Arbitrum and then it's way cheaper or CK Sync or, what, or Polygon, right? Uh, then then you spend way less money. It's it's more, about it's more accessible now. Yeah, is it? Accessible and, and also the interaction to understand what does it mean to approve a token? What does it mean to... Go to two step in the wallet is there still a friction and so on those those details and those not changeable stuff in the future i mean you can change maybe the experience itself but as soon as the contract is settled you you are all, and you kind of maybe fucked up <laughs> in terms of call,
0: call Vitalik to do an artwork. <laughs> That's the only option. Yeah, like. um, <laughs> which, which, is, which is funny because people that uh, been around uh, in the in the in the era of DDAO, DAO, they mm-hmm. remember exactly what it means to have uh, unchangeable, immutable contracts, right? Yes, and in that case. Uh, it led to an arch fork in Ethereum, right? And now we have uh, this uh, Ethereum and Ethereum Classic because of that. So it, it, this might sound just a detail, but it's not. It's a very important detail that yeah. already has had consequences, right, in the past, as we've seen. And uh, it is a really serious thing to deploy a contract into the blockchain, in, in this case, on the Ethereum VM, And... To have it being immutable, right? <clears throat> it, it needs to be very well designed and very well done, so that you are confident enough that it works in the way it should work. So then you press the button, you actually deploy it on chain, right? So it's it's for sure something that should require uh, brains from different points of views, developers, yeah. designers, and so on, to look at it and 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 battle test it basically, and, and understand if it's if it's well designed or not before deploying it. Yeah, that's, um, that's
1: essentially what we are doing right now. I mean, like we were fully build mode, right? So heads down and so on, because we had also kind of a little bit pressure in terms of politics, uh, which is okay. Um, and now we are kind of defining the way how we really want to work closely together, also in a human-centric way. So essentially the idea there is uh, that we, for each feature or bigger epic essentially, we try to blue, uh, scan all bl- blueprint layers, so contracts, SDK, app, ODS, and therefore the experience and so on. And then like always um, the experience itself should lead um, or, or the, the, the user in, in this case should lead the decision making, how we're going to approach this feature and functionality right. that's uh, the we're going to release in the next, right? That's, that's the difference. Um, and and that's, that's, that may, might say uh, um, it's not easy to iterate faster. And I also think like in the future, really bigger project products don't iterate that much fast because you have to be really sure what you're going to deploy right Right. but nevertheless um it's really important to make those steps because otherwise uh, you have maybe problem security you have maybe problems in 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 the experience you have um the app is not working or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, the the
0: landscape the landscape is, is enormous of things that could go wrong, exactly. And we've have experiences, a bunch of experiences of things that went wrong in this space and people got, and protocols got hacked because of that and so on. So it mm-hmm. almost sounds like if you go the Web2 approach of move fast and break things, mm-hmm. in this case, the break things means you get hacked and you lose all your money in your protocol, which is... You're dead, basically, right? So yeah. it's not really sustainable to uh, approach it in this way, um, and so there should be another way, another approach to to do things in Web three. Because again, um, you need to be m- much more confident that you're you're doing the right thing, and even in the Web two world, um, there are uh, areas like uh, you know healthcare and military and so on and so forth where it is critical that things work in the way they do; otherwise people die um mm-hmm. and so those fields have a much higher uh bar and to in terms of um how do we test stuff how do we boy stuff how do we design stuff um because they know that the consequence could be uh real harm right mm-hmm. in and in this space we've seen uh, also real harm in terms of people die because people lose all their money and they you know they end their lives, right? And so uh, we have plenty of examples of that happening. And it's we should not, as designers in this space, we should not approach it lightly. We should be very aware that what we're designing and launching into the world is could be could have real impact. And mm. so um, for people that are enamored with the approach of move fast, break things, be careful because <laughs> because uh, in this space that could have real consequences and real impact. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like maybe in the future it could change a little bit because there are then certain patterns established, right? This is also, for example, what we're gonna try with the ODS. We have not yet seen a pattern component library essentially out there, which kind of tries to settle some standards. So, I mean, we see it a lot in, 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 the, in the wallet ex, uh, experiences, I would say. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, for example, Rainbow Kit is, uh, and Rainbow is really World, big. Kit World,
0: this. World Connect experiences, yeah.
1: Yeah, as well. Um, but on, on really product flows or, or standards, it's not yet there in my opinion, or I have not seen it. So yeah. please reach optimism, out.
0: If so, yeah. Op- optimism uh, launched an open uh, design system as well, where you can use their their um, their components, okay. um, and uh, it, it's a Figma template. So you can you can search for optimism in, on Figma community, or whatever it's called, and it shows up. Uh, you know, a bunch of uh, Figma templates, and. Mm-hmm and people can use that so but and i do hope that more and more uh organizations in web3 start open sourcing their design files and their design assets so that people can um yeah. first of all get up to speed faster and also um um uh, learn as an a, a educational resource because a new designer coming into the space if they mm-hmm. have a design system from this space they'll be like, ah, okay, so this mm-hmm. is different and mm-hmm. you have to connect them all and it's not signing and so on, right? Yeah, and so-
1: essentially this is like one of the biggest targets of the ODS so it will be an open source documentation of each flow decisions, why we have nice. chosen this pattern and also try to kind of define new patterns, for example At the moment, I refactored the input wallet, right? I did a lot of research. I I, I don't know, like around 50 inputs, how Mm -hmm. a wallet could be uh, a contract address or wallet address or ENS can be put in. Um, And now there is like a settled one version. And this is like what what I would love to do then also document. Why is it like this? Uh, Why is the uh, error? the buttons like this arranged, um, and so on, and so on, right? And and this is, I believe, like this gonna also settle some stuff to be maybe even faster than in 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 breaking things, or basically not breaking things, but doing experiences without breaking things, right? Um, because there will be some standards also in terms of experience and and so on. Um, yeah, because yeah.
0: Other, otherwise, the 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 what we have now is that everybody is reinventing that thing from scratch again right <laughs> everybody yeah. needs an input field where someone puts a wallet address in there right in all yeah. the apps and i am designing it from the apps that i'm working on you're designing it for the apps that you're working on we're duplicating work all over the place and it would be cool if there was a kind of a oh there's this component right here we can just use this one and it is in this shape and form and interaction and behavior because it was tested in this way and that's why it works better right so mm-hmm. so it, it would be a huge asset to have a open design system that is documented in that way for people coming in and learning about the space in the same way almost as if and i'm sure you remember this when mobile apps started to 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 get really popular the apple human interface guidelines yes. were this standard where you went and you learned about all the components and how things work right and people Indeed. would recommend that as a designers read this and you you kind of start to get a mobile design right so we need something equivalent in this in this web three world and if it is educational as those guidelines from apple were i mean it was it would be amazing for people to get up to speed on that so yeah absolutely all right see you we're out of time uh this was a great conversation that i enjoyed i hope that uh, we didn't go out too geeky and nerdy, <laughs> 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 but I but I loved it in a way. Um, Same. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Um,
1: Thanks. to you. Uh,
0: where people can find your work and can follow your thinking and see um, more stuff about you.
1: I would say like uh, co-eve or CO. eve at Twitter. Um, I really promise that I might start to blogging a little bit about my work and my research and my ideas. I also did a little uh, poll last week when I did some, de- uh, put out a longer tweet about some details regarding the ENS. Um, after our ama um, but there is is a chance that they're gonna do a mirror block to, to really summarize a little bit those thoughts uh, in, in a more structured way um, It's sometimes hard in, in such an environment because it's so uh, I do a lot of research other things and so on but um, yeah go to, to twitterzio.dev and you're gonna find me definitely.
0: Right on, right on. And if you do that mirror uh, account, I will be collecting the NFTs of the post for sure. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, man. Stay cool. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, too. See you soon.